Hi, everybody. I'm back with one of our favorite people, Tannis Hellowell, again today, our favorite little pixie that has vast wells of wisdom in a time when we actually need it. Um, this time, we're going to be talking, well, talking about a number of things, but we're going to be talking about ancestral healing within the family, how these cycles take place over time, and what we're going through together as a species right now, and what our ancestors went through, how we can begin healing through that connection with the ancestors. So, Dennis, welcome. I'm so glad to be with you again. I'm so glad to be with you. And you had you were camping, so you had to come in from uh, the cold, so to speak, to be able to do this in, in a hotel room so we could even have this connection, and I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm on the Pacific Northwest Coast, and it is pouring with rain here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, we're good. I think I'm not seeing any wobbles so far. This is great. So first of all, since we last saw you, now I've read part of your book, Good Morning Henry, which I love, a lot of profound information and teaching there, and I'm assuming some of this probably comes from there, but you are going to begin teaching this ancestral and family healing because families are in such a mess right now. So first of all, let's talk about um, why you decided to create that particular curriculum for this time. It's a calling. That's probably the best way to say it. I felt myself being called. Um, I've, I've been looking at my ancestors for the last couple of years, and I wrote a book called High Beings of Hawaii, Encounters with Mystical Ancestors, where I really got in touch with ancestors on other dimensions. So those are our spiritual ancestors, and, and in Hawaii, they call them the Amakua. And in Hawaii, those could take a form of a dolphin, or an owl, or a mo'o, which is a water dragon. That is my ancestor, the, the mo'o. Um, so I've been involved with these ancestors, the spiritual ancestors, which are up here, but they're not. They're in us, they're alive and well, and they want us to do things now for them. Why for them? When they say for them, what do they mean by that? Why now? Ancestors that are not embodied cannot do anything um, without their body. And so they are depending on us to do something for them. And so we who are here, and I don't just mean the physical ancestors, but that is, that is an ancestor as well. When I'm talking about ancestors, I'm talking about our family, the ancestors in our family link, our tribe, whatever that is, that could be Celtic, that could be Jewish, um, it could be Asian, it could be First Nations, and then talking about the collective unconscious of all humanity. So those are our physical ancestors in this third dimensional reality. And then, as you know, we don't just exist in this third dimensional reality. We are awake and alive in the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth. And so our ancestors work through us in all realms. So is it, is it 
is it fair to say that sometimes we might even sort of conflate the notion of these ancestors with beings that are working with us? Or is this specifically beings that would like to see something happen that are working, that need to work through us because they're not embodied on earth at this time? I think that it's a both and. So spiritual ancestors in, have been with us since we first incarnated. We could call them our soul ancestors as well. Mm -hmm. So these could be Jesus, these could be Krishna, these could be Buddha, and that is a lineage that we come down through. And this is why often people, even though they're born in California or Canada, they'll say they'll turn to Tibetan Buddhism. And all of a sudden, they're following that as their spiritual path because their spiritual ancestry actually comes from there. And it can be a past life connection. Mm -hmm. And so these ancestors are wanting us to heal. And this is a very important point. We have got to heal humanity's karma. Everything that we have created over the hundreds of thousands of years that we have been here. And there is no accident. I mean, we've always had rape and pillage and wars and lying and all these terrible things. But at the same time, as we have amassed this negative karma, we've also amassed a positive karma. We've learned forgiveness. We've learned compassion. We've learned humility. Well, at least we're learning humility. So we've learned all of these wonderful gifts as well. And I believe that we're at a time, we're at a crossroads right now, where these two aspects of us personally and of all humanity is fighting this inner war that's taking place. It's an inner war. Do, do we let the maya and the illusion of the negative win, or do we go this path of healing and forgiveness, compassion, and love? And I think we're ultimately, although we can have a foot in each camp, depending on the moment or the hour or the day, we have inside ourselves the ability to make the transformation to switch over at any moment. And this sounds, um, it's, it sounds easy on one hand that we have the ability to switch over, but I think a lot of people would say, I am struggling and this is really difficult. And there is a lot of struggle. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, a, a lot of judgment going on and fear, which we'll get to. But we were talking before the interview began, and you were saying that amidst all of this chaos with people kind of judging and tearing each other apart and all the division is more of a cosmic kind of energy that we're dealing with as well, which is always the case. But I would love for you, and so would I think everyone viewing this, like to know what is the nature of the cosmic energy that's influencing us to be so crazy right now? We tend to think that we are earth beings, and so we call our earth mother earth. But our sun is actually much more evolved than our earth, and our earth is a child of the sun. 
And our sun is a child of the great central sun. And the great central sun is the one we call the creator or God or universal consciousness. And so I believe that there is immense energy coming down right now through the great central sun into our solar system that is transforming us and making our frequency rise. Now, when our frequency rises, we become unstable. And, and we, so we feel ungrounded and we, we lose track of who we are and who is anyone else and we start looking for new values. So the old doesn't fit anymore and yet we're not in the new, we're not anchored in the new. And this is a time of chaos and this chaos is going on in our world and right now it's all about the epidemic. But to me, it isn't about the epidemic. This is just a tiny little piece of what's going on. Um, how can we possibly lose track of the environmental crisis that humanity has created? Um, and yet we're sidetracked. And I think what's happening is that we're very concerned currently about dying. And this is a low-grade fear. This is the universal fear of all humans is dying. And it's an ego fear. Our soul has no fear of dying. Our soul knows that it's, it's we're just going from one state to another and there is no death. But it's an ego state. So we are locked right now in a battle between the ego life and the soul life. And I think we've got a choice on this. I think we do too. And you were talking about this chaos and consternation and such. And a lot of that is being perpetuated. It's being foisted upon humanity to create further confusion. And I think about ancestors and uh, some people have even said what this time is feeling like to them was sort of a run-up to World War II on a global scale, where forces come in that start exerting their influence and will over the people against their own intuition and better judgment. And that seems to be kind of where we are right now, all these years later, almost 70 years later, uh, mm -hmm. 80 years, yeah, I guess 70 years later, we're in this same situation again feeling this pressure to conform in ways we don't wish to conform that are against our own sovereignty. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think um, we are a bit bombarded by negative media. If you turn on the radio, if you turn on the TV, if you pick up a newspaper, it's how many people have died today. Um, it, it's all negative and it's all based on survival. And this is the lowest chakra that you're ever going to get into. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, um, and that is where it's, that's where all the talk is. And what is this? It is mass hypnosis. Yeah. Mass hypnosis. And mm -hmm. yeah. 
And so we already know, looking historically, speaking of ancestors, these beings who are ancestors in other dimensions as well as in this one or previously in this one, have seen these cycles of history. We've seen these kinds of times, these kinds of dramas and repressive eras playing out in the past. So in your opinion, and we're going to get into kind of the middle way and choosing, what are they afraid we're going to step into if we don't wake up and pay attention in terms of historical patterns? Oh, that is such a deep question. Um, I'm thinking of your election, several of your elections, it's been sort of 50-50. 50% could choose the new way, 50% could choose the old way. And you've had that with two major presidents, I believe. And that is, are we going to go back in our evolution or are we going to go forward? This is what I mean by a choice point. Mm -hmm. So I am whether people decide to have the vaccination or not the vaccination is not my issue because I believe in free choice and free will. I agree with you. But when it starts telling us what we do with our bodies as sovereign citizens of Earth, that's a different thing. Absolutely. And that's what I feel too. And the feeling, when I say mass hypnosis, I do not believe that we are uh, getting the information that we need in order to make a conscious decision. And when I say our frequency is rising, I believe we are becoming soul-infused personalities and that our frequency is rising. And in a way, there is no error. I don't think that, that there is an error going on right now because even Satan, if you like, and I'll just use that word Satan, um, Satan or Mara creates the Maya, creates the illusion that we are separate that um, that we have you know you have to look after yourself you have to protect yourself no one's going to look after you and this has created this illusion of separation started I believe when we separated from divinity and and so but there's not an error there for me either because Satan, or whatever you want to call it, is an angel of divinity. So he's got a job to do. He has a job to do, and he himself, or it himself, or she himself, is all a part of divinity. But, but this part of divinity, of which you're a part, and I'm a part, and... and all of this is a part, it is still creates separation. So the idea is what holds us separate? And I think it is that we needed this idea of going from dependence to independence to which we needed our ego. We needed our thoughts, we needed our feelings, we needed our 
you know, being able to act for ourselves physically in the world to develop a strong ego, but that now the time has come, having done this, we don't have to go there anymore. We've done it. Let's go to interdependence. That's interesting because in the field of developmental psychology, one of the axioms is that when someone is getting ready to make a breakthrough or a leap, there's a period of regression prior to that, right? Yes. And so this period, would you say this period we're in with this um, propensity toward fear and anxiety and judgment and so forth at being faced with the new might be that developmental regression that psychologists talk about? Absolutely, because it's the fear of change. We know what we have, but we don't know where we're going. It's the fear of change, the fear of the unknown. And will I survive in the new world? And the ego, <laughs> the ego likes to cling to where it feels safe. Right. No. Absolutely. So, so this is Every one this of us has experienced that yeah. one area or another. <laughs> yeah, so so this is normal. I feel that I like you, I feel this is normal, this is organic, and and this chaotic, regressive time that we appear to be in. It's happening in the third dimension. But what about in our higher selves? Perhaps yeah. there this questioning is going on. And we need to have enough pressure. It's like, let's turn the coal into diamonds. We've got to have enough pressure put on us that we ultimately will say, I'm mad as hell and I just won't take it anymore. Do you remember Peter Finch in that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember that famous scene. And I was at, being in the newsroom myself, I sure got it. <laughs> so here we yeah. are. We have this pressure being exerted to turn this coal into diamonds, and our being, our personality, our ego, third dimensional ego, is sort of flipping out because it, it's so much safer to cling to the known, and there are no knowns now. Really, the world has changed with this yeah. whole COVID phenomena that spread around the planet and affected each culture and each country, each, each person in its own unique way, you say that this is the golden kind of opportunity where we can see the blessing in the darkness. And we, this is where this really pushed us to start choosing paths, like you said, one road or the other. So go into that a little bit more. I, th I have a feeling that people... Are, when you mentioned earlier that people are going into judgment and they're feeling a lot of anxiety, I, I, I talk about fear. Um, I'd like to just suggest to folks that this is normal. That this is normal and we don't have to be perfect. This is so important that we do not hold ourselves in some sort of a self-righteous place absent from the rest of humanity and say, I've got it, what's wrong with you? 
and it's projecting all of that unresolved shadow onto others. So this only increases the separation. But to instead of increasing the separation and dividing it into, well, I know the right answer and you don't, which we saw in Nazi Germany, let's, let's remember this, right? It's not that this is brand new in our history that we project okay, onto we'll others. Bad things, exactly. But the shadow, right? So that we don't have to own it ourselves. That, um, and so what we need to do is start looking inside ourselves at our own projections. And I think keep an open mind that we can change our mind at any moment. Like if we're starting down a trail and all of a sudden we realize we're on the wrong trail, <laughs> what is smarter? To change directions <laughs> or, to, or to continue and fall off the cliff. <laughs> I, so I think, like, you know, let's not say we have to be perfect and let's stay open and start looking at what people are saying in many different places. I agree with you, Tannis, because it seems to me, and I even noticed this myself uh, in my own life, if I'm reacting to something strongly or poorly or whatnot, I, I'm finding it um, much, much more common now to stop and think, well, what, where is that one coming from? And what you just said is really important. We have to cut ourselves some slack as human beings who are in this interesting place between the dimensions of light and dark to stop judging ourselves so harshly. That's really where the judgment starts and then expands out to others. If we're setting ourselves up in a way to be pious and perfect, we're going, we're going to be crushed now. That, that's not going to hold up anymore. And yet uh, we've held on to our stories for so long. So let's talk about this transfer, transformation that's required, how we start letting go of these notions of who we thought we were. And that's for every one of us has work to do there. Oh, you ask such deep questions. <laughs> um, as you said, start looking at your own behaviors. Um, I'm on holiday right now. Here I am chatting with you, and I've got another interview in another day, and I'm on holiday. A five-day break, believe me, this is... <laughs> and. And, and I found that I was becoming grumpy before I, before I said, I need a holiday, I need a break. I was becoming self-pitying that I was working so hard. I was becoming grumpy. Um, I, was, I, I was thinking, well, why do I have to do it all? <laughs> and... And when this kind of, when people weren't agreeing with me, I was starting to lose my patience and pushing more. That wasn't, 
achieving one thing. And then I noticed that two people who've been with me for like 20 years and are my right hand people um, who helped me, helped me, helped me. And I was looking at the emails I was sending them and I was complaining to them about how tired I was. But it wasn't just physical tired because I believe I'm working when I'm asleep right now. And I think a lot of people are. Yeah. A lot of people are getting bombarded in their sleep state. And so this continues in their sleep state. And I thought, I'm complaining to them. And then I called them up and I, you know, went in front of folks who've been studying with me for like a long time. And I said, I've been a grump. And they were smiling. These two people were smiling. And, and I thought, I don't have to be perfect. I can be a grump, but I need to admit it. And That's then, the hard part for yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have to do something about it. So my doing something was, my my dear partner Simon. I said, get the camper ready, even though it's fifty years old, and it is fifty years old. It has no toilet, no running water, and no power at all. Yeah, hopefully, get it. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been on the road for five years. Clean it out. We're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I mean, I, I have found the same thing. I found the uh, prevailing energy these days to be extraordinarily challenging. And then I get in a conflict of a defensive nature, then I'm absolutely worn out. It doesn't go anywhere. And then that leads to kind of feelings of despair, which leads to feelings of hopelessness. Well, that's a terrible terrible low frequency place to be time is lost and you know when these things happen those kinds of feelings whether it's your set of feelings or my set of feelings the one thing that happens is we become more self-absorbed and yes. the last thing we need to do right now we need self-reflection but not self-absorption we're no good to anyone once we just cave in on ourselves indulging these kind of lower human natural but lower human frequencies. I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. I'm sure you've heard of forest bathing. Yeah. Um, yeah, why people think they have discovered this, I'm not quite sure. It's one of those wonderful things that has always been restorative ever since there were forests. And, but what I find is I'm out in nature. I'm out in nature now and I am getting, I, when I can sleep under the stars, I'm happy. When I can go swimming in the water, I'm happy. And when I'm in the forest and I'm walking amongst the old trees and on the soil of Mother Earth, I'm happy. Yes. So this is a gift I give myself, which ultimately is a gift I give others. 
Absolutely. And I think even now that you mention it, part of my own feelings of of despair were that a lot of my favorite forest areas where I go camping um, have burnt up in California. Literally, the most beautiful places have burnt. And so now we're left with, you know, a stinky, charred kind of landscape where there were beautiful redwoods and other things, and in one of the cases, beautiful redwoods. And feeling this kind of trap thing that there's nowhere to go. But as you just mentioned, you can hop in your car and go to a park. You can, if you can get near a lake's edge or a river's edge or, or the ocean, ocean's edge, you're absolutely right. If there's one thing that takes us out of ourselves or back to our, our true selves, it's that, that regenerative power of nature. And um, thank you for reminding me of that. I haven't been doing enough of it lately. I appreciate it. <laughs> I love you, 50-year-old camper. (laughs) So so I was going to say, one of the things we were talking about, and I was reading a little bit in uh, Good Morning Henry about this, is with all this going on inside us and the transformation we're looking for, some of it is mental. The judgment part becomes very self-righteous and very mental. And then we have the emotional parts. And what Henry was telling you, and I want to know how this factors into it all, is that the speed of mental energy, the frequency and speed is much faster vibration than emotional energy, which is a much slower vibration. And to me, it's you can change your thoughts just like that, but you can't always change your emotions as quickly. So let's talk about how we begin to transform this anxiety in the context of it being a slower moving medium of the emotions compared to changing your thoughts on judgment and, other, uh, and such through the faster mental plane. Okay, first of all, can I just say to folks, because they're probably writing down Good Morning Henry right now, and it's not out in English. No, I have <laughs> you an advanced copy. You're lucky you gave me an advanced copy. I've been, <laughs> so yeah, don't buy it. Don't try to buy it in English yet. Okay, go ahead. Oh, it's, um, it's out in French, and it will be out in German and Dutch in the spring, and it's coming out in English in November. So... But what that book is working with is our body elemental, our body consciousness, um, our body intelligence, which is also our cellular memory. Now, this is where it comes back to ancestors. Ancestors, indeed. Indeed. So I used to think, and I wonder if you did too, I used to think that I'm a spiritual being, I'm a soul being, and I'm going to meditate, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to affirm, and and all this energy is going to come down through my mental body, through my causal, and it will change that. It will come down through my heart, through my astral, my emotional body, it will change that. And the last place is going to be the body and the cellular memory. So I always used to work top down. You know what? Now I'm working bottom up. Tell us about that. I think it's, I got out of balance. And I think it, you know, we need to get, realize that there is nothing in our body, our physical body is made up of the, yes, spirit, ether, prana, whatever you want to call it, but it's also the cells of our body 
allow us to live here because we are cells in the body of the Mother Earth. And everything is made up of Mother Earth. When a baby is born, it's 75% water, and what is Mother Earth but 75% water? Not an accident. So we are an Earth being, not just a soul being. So I feel strongly that what's going on right now is hitting us in the body. Because the body is the last to know, as you know that, as you say, it's easy to change our thoughts because it goes so much quicker than our feelings. And then the last at speed is to change our body. Mm -hmm. So let's start on our body now and work up and get the two in balance. This is the yin and yang. This is exactly what it is. And it is the, the central channel that finally rises to consciousness, we have to balance the yin and the yang channels on either side have to be integrated. And for me, it's not just that we're androgynous beings, because I believe we are, and integrating our, our masculine, feminine, androgynous qualities, but for me, it's also we're soul and physical beings. Yes. So it, it's all four dimensions. So are you speaking quite literally? Let's start with the body. Let's start honoring and starting to energize and be kind to the body so that the body can begin integrating or releasing these old ancestral patterns, these old emotions and such. Is, are you speaking at that level? Like I we, am. Okay. I am speaking at that level. Mm -hmm. and, and this is the way that ultimately we are programmed. Um, that that we it is programmed into our physical body. So I remember Eckhart Tolle said that until we work with the inner body, which I call the body intelligence or the body soul, we will never transform ourselves. So fascinating because so many yes. traditions. Um, ancient traditions and bodies of knowledge spend so much time to try to have us moving up into higher and higher and higher uh, frequency ranges and cosmic ranges so that we can free ourselves from the bondage of earth and the bondage of earth bodies. I mean, this the, it, a lot of these traditions are rife with escaping from the body and the earth body. But my question is, then why did we choose to come here to begin with? What do we think our destiny is? Exactly. Is the way Yes, I feel our destiny is to be a guardian, a guardian of the earth and to learn how to be full creators, even as our God, our creator, is a is a full creator. And so, yes, and our our I creator manifests physically. Yes, in this dimension because it <laughs> It is challenging to manifest within the third dimension of physicality. But as you were saying at the beginning of this conversation, these ancestors on, in other dimensions are looking to us to help heal the wounds because they can't affect any change outside of this physical realm we're in. And this yeah. is written about in Physics of the Soul by Amit Goswami as well, ah. that this is our domain. When our soul leaves the body, 
we can hang out for a little while, maybe look at a thing and learn a thing or two, but any actual change and actualization of change happens once you're back in the physical form, which to me only points to the truth in what you're saying about we should start thinking about our bodies and care a little differently. Yes. Yes. And, and so how do we, I think that people think, well, I feed my body good food. I feed it organic food, or I have an exercise program to kind of keep it young and rejuvenated and healthy. But you took it to this other level. We also feed it thoughts and we feed it emotions. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's not just looking at, oh, our body is going to be healthy just as long as we eat good food and have exercise. <laughs> no, we're feeding it with every feeling, with every thought. <laughs> and, and it's like people too, when we were talking about separation and I have a saying that you put two people together and you've either got more than two or less than two. Yes. And, and you agree with that. I love relationships which, where it's one plus one equals three. I never was good in math. That's the way I think of it. And so if we're in separation, we're going around in our own little circle. We need community. We need to relate and talk and be with other people so that we can have one plus one equals three. I agree with that, Tennis. And as you're speaking, I'm being reminded um, of the whole notion of being together and acceptance of one another is not a bumper sticker. I remember many years ago, probably three decades ago, my teacher in the other realms uh, said that if humanity could accomplish really just one thing in mass, this one thing, it would completely change the outcome of events on this planet. And that has to do with judgment. That we do not know what's in the soul of another. We never know. And that we judge another person based on what presents itself. We all do it. But the reality is we're not doing ourselves any favors because we're doing exactly what you said. We're just creating more separation. And we don't know what's driving the other to think or do or act in the way they are. We don't know what their historical journey through incarnations has been. We don't know that where they are right now might not be a huge improvement over where they are last time. We don't know that we're not a devolvement from where we were last time. (laughs) We just don't know these things. And yet we spend so much time judging one another collectively and individually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is true. We, we do. And it's because we're using our own filter. All we can see through is our own filter. And I often uh, say that truth evolves. Yes. Truth evolves and we outgrow. If we're growing, if we really are growing, we continue to outgrow the truths that used to hold us. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, like science, it should never be, quote, settled. There should be, there is no such thing as settled science. (laughs) Quite a bit recently around research regarding the virus that's been sweeping around the last, the last year and a half. So in, in looking at this transformative process that you're working on in your workshops now, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, 
a lot of people feel they're in need of transformation, they're in need of letting go. And, and I would say just experiment for a day or two with letting go of judgment and see how we feel. I mean, that should really lighten the load to just look at someone else and we start to get annoyed, just say, hey, I don't, I don't know what their gig is. I'm not going to invest energy into it. It's okay. Even if we do that, my guess is we'd start lightening our load considerably so we could feel more of our true selves again. So how do we, besides that little exercise, how are we beginning to guide people through this process of transformation at this time? I think it's everything we've already discussed. Um, uh, you're, sometimes people think, oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be complicated. Um, oh, um, I don't know if I would be strong enough for it or awake enough for it or any of these things. Oh, get over it. You know, it's just, it is it's so simple. You just take one step in front of the other and I, I think you know turn yourself off of radio and TV for a couple of days and just see if you can regain your own autonomy right so that you're thinking your own thoughts for a while except for our program of course yeah. don't don't turn off our program our <laughs> Right. Well, I'm doing another. I'm doing another show at Gaia in uh, next week, and it's on the subject of uh, menticide, which is essentially the homicide of our collective and individual minds through these these media and other uh, modalities of communication of information that are essentially trashing trashing our ability to think autonomously. So you're absolutely right. I think getting away from media is a really bright idea. Uh, even us for a couple of days, just think. Oh, yourself, absolutely. Right? Get away from us and think, think for yourself, feel life around yourself for a couple of days. And one other little trick for me that's always been really helpful is whenever I've felt blue, because I'll tend to kind of sink into that feeling of despair and what's the point, um, I found the way to best bring myself out of it, out of it the quickest is just to think of someone and something, some small or medium little thing I can do for that person. And just shifting my focus over to a gift to another really for me goes a long way in breaking that cycle of what we would call kind of negative self-absorption. Yeah, that is that is fantastic idea. Remember when I was a student at university and I was in the University of Toronto and I used to, when I'd get self-pitying, I would get on the Queen Street car and go to the very poor section of Toronto where there were people uh, sleeping on the streets. And I thought that would be a real wake-up call. Right. Like, what, what do you have to be self-pitying about. Yes, that's very good. That's your way of dealing with that self-pity mm -hmm. and to bring it back to a, a more grounded sense of reality. And each one of us, I think if we start looking at where we go when things aren't going right, when we're feeling the squeeze you know, of the, the cosmos trying to turn our coal into diamonds, where do we go? And like you said, each of us found kind of the opposite 
as the healing power. You feel self-pitying, so you go where there's someone who is far, far less off than you are. Uh, less well off than you are. If I feel self-absorbed, then I need to do something for someone else to pull myself out of myself. And each one of us has one challenge or another. We just have to determine what that uh, what that little healing gift to ourselves and others would be. You, you, am I saying that correctly? We just need oh, yes. that little point of healing and what it's oh, going to yes. take to do that. No one can really discern but us. Yes, and I think demasking is also a very good idea. I am dying to see people's smiles and their face again. Um, you know, why are we hiding? Why are we hiding? Yeah. We are beautiful. Well, and that turns into yet another drama of judgment and separation. So we'll just leave the whole mask thing for now, and I agree with you, just to breathe fresh air and see each other's smiles and see each other's mouths move when we talk, I think it's really critical right now in terms of mm -hmm. getting away from that separation back to human connection again. Mm -hmm. And so tell me, I've got another show in a few minutes and I don't want, I want to spend as much time as I could with you, but tell me, Tennis, any final thoughts on this? I think we've kind of touched on a lot of really useful, practical things about this time of chaos we're in. I think so too. And, um, and as you said, you know, our, our new website is myspiritualtransformation.com. And, uh, and it is about, all of this is about spiritual transformation that we're discussing. And um, yeah, I, I think, think that, so. I, I think you've done a good job on it. It's beautiful. I finally got onto it. It's lovely. And I really wish you the best as you go on this new journey because all of us need to transform. And as you said earlier, it comes down to being really honest in our own self-analysis of why we are the way we are, why we react the way we do, and then choosing to do something about it. There's no shame in being flawed. We're all flawed. And we need to have the humility and vulnerability to say, yeah, I just don't have that one down yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and it's nice to do things with others as well, rather than just on your own. And if anyone feels called, we're starting a an online ancestored family healing 10-week course coming up next week. So it would be lovely to you know, meet you, meet you and work in groups and, and go through this together because all of us need to do this with others. I agree. We need each other right now more than ever, certainly in my lifetime. This is an incredible period of time. And when we do have these little, when the lights go on and we have these little moments of, of grace and beauty, they're more profound than they used to be because, again, we're having to bring it out from this chaos, within the chaos. It's, it's even more joyful. So, but, And what, what I found, too, and I'm just going to add this one little thing, is sometimes people are afraid of what they'll find in themselves. And I call it the dark secrets. They're, they're afraid they're going to find this darkness that's going to overwhelm them. And if they tell anybody else about it, it everybody is going to run away from them. And, um, and that also has to go. We have to risk ourselves now. This is part of the process 
of de-armoring is to yes. risk ourselves and know that we are perfect as we are and others are wanting to embrace the whole of us. You are so right on. In fact, if you look at it even uh, from kind of a pop culture point of view, whether we're reading a novel, whether we're watching a movie, it's the flawed person who breaks down and finally sees what's going on that everyone's heart pours out to. Mm -hmm. We are there for each other when we're genuinely vulnerable, when we're genuinely humble or even humbled, whether we want to be or not. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> because within our vast, vast cycles of incarnations, we've probably all done all of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pure truth. Lovely. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for taking the time while you're out on your camping trip and getting a hotel room just so we could speak. I really appreciate it. So until next time, have fun back out there in your little 50-year-old camper in the drizzle, okay? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's such a treat always being with you. Just and for me being with you. Thank you, Tannis. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Always a pleasure being with Tannis. Again, it's myspiritualtransformation.com. And if you poke around in there, you'll find a link to the course she's talking about, about our ancestors. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com. <laughs>